Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. It's Shep Hyken. We're back this week on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing interview. This week, we have Jim Tencher, who's the co-author of How Hard Is It to Be Your Customer? And the subtitle is Using Journey Mapping to Drive Customer-Focused Change. We're going to talk all about how you plan and manage the interactions that you have with your customers and how to drive a better experience. But before we get into that, let me remind everybody that you can find me just about everywhere. Obviously, website is hyken.com, H-Y-K-E-N. Twitter handle, at hyken. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. And if you've got a question or you've got a story that you want to share, I promise I will get back to you. I might talk about it here on the show. I might talk about, talk about it on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And uh, if you haven't checked that out, you can go to Amazon Prime or you can find it on Roku or if you can't find it there, well, just go to YouTube and, and you'll probably find it on my YouTube channel, shep.tv. But it is a great show with guests every week, or actually every episode. We do the episodes about once every three weeks. We're coming up toward the end of the first season, so I hope you enjoy that. In the meantime, let's jump back into our interview with Jim Tencher. He is the author, or actually I should say the co-author of that book, How Hard Is It to Be Your Customer? Nicole Newton is his co-author. She's awesome as well. And I just want to tell you, you're going to hear expert advice today. You need to think about it. You need to use it. You need to do it. And you need to go out and buy the book. Jim, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. I am glad you're here, too. So let's jump right into it. I want you to give me the short uh, 45 to 60 second background on who Jim Tincher is. At least, where did he come from? Besides, you know, it was a long time ago when his mom and his dad. No, we know that's part of the story. It asked, everybody has. Tell us about you. Sure. So I uh, really came, uh, started my career focused on customers. I remember my first job was in technical support and I was out on vacation visiting my then uh, girlfriend, now wife, and I wanted to visit a customer of our company there, which was seen as odd. And that passion for the customer has always been part of who I am. And I uh, really formed when I went from Best Buy and small business, and I thought every company was customer focused went to a Fortune 50 company and learned that um, there are other models where you did actually have to talk to customers to be successful. That blew me away. And that really formed my approach because uh, I really feel that you have to intimately know the customer in order to really create great products and services. Oh, amen to that. So basically your customer was surprised that you wanted to see them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> you're like, well, they made me wait for half an hour because they didn't think I was really with the company. So yeah. That, That's that was hilarious. Really that's hilarious. So uh, can I ask, what were you selling? Uh, those days, it was high-resolution laser printers. Ooh, how exciting is that? Yeah, I, I was in technical <laughs> support, so when you couldn't get it to print in high-resolution, I would spend time over the phone trying to help you figure it out. Wow. So I, I also, let's let everybody know that you are the world's second certified experience professional, uh, customer experience professional, and that's part of the uh, CX, or Customer Experience Professionals Association, started by Bruce Temkin, is that right? And Jean Bliss, yep. Jean Bliss, yep, yep, and she's awesome. Uh, we've had her on the show as well. We've had both Bruce and Jean on the show. All right, let's jump into uh, content today. Let's talk about your book. Now, 
journey mapping. For those that don't know it, give us a quick description what a journey map is for a customer or for a company about their customers. Sure. The, the physical map, which is um, it, it's what people think about a lot and it's important, but not the most critical. But the physical map is simply a graphic representation of your customers' interactions, including you as well as other parts of their experience. Right. So let's let's talk about what a graphic, you know, so, you know, people are listening to this. We'll give them a, a visual or something to consider. Imagine you have a, a line. It's a horizontal line. And it's like, here's the start of the customer journey at one end. And here's the end of that particular journey. And by the way, most companies have multiple journeys. Would you agree? They have the first time buy, the, the repeat purchase. Maybe it's a journey of what happens when they need support. Uh, there's different journeys that the customers may make along the way. But anyway, this, this linear uh, line where the, you know, thinking about doing business all the way to actually making the purchase, well, that's where you start to plot out step-by-step, interaction-by-interaction, where the customer is interacting with you. Is that right? Exactly. And the more graphical, the better. Uh, I remember my very first journey map before I started this company, I was with another company and our, our client, a consulting company said, make a journey map and here's your template. And I looked at it, it was just a couple of dots on a PowerPoint slide. Mm-hmm. And I got offended because you can't take the richness and the beauty of a customer experience and represent it with a couple of dots on a PowerPoint slide. Um, the other error I often see is people think that if you have a Visio diagram or if you have an Excel chart that says, here are the steps, that that's somehow going to lead you to, to drive change. No, there's a lot of research that you need to make your artifacts highly visual because that's what people remember. And remembering is critical to get them to take action on the results. Right. So now we have the, what basically the, the graph looks like or the chart looks like. And years ago, um, the first time, and, and I don't think he meant to call it a journey map. That's what it ended up being. Jan Carlson, president of Scandinavian Airlines, or former president at this point, it was back in the early 80s when he took over. He actually wrote a book called Moments of Truth. And he talked about uh, how anytime a customer comes into contact with any aspect of a business, however remote, they form an impression. And what he was really talking about was the interaction point. So, for example, the customer decides, uh, maybe they see a billboard, okay, there's an interaction point, it's an advertising. Maybe they see it, you know, they could see, they could look up in the, back then the phone book, they didn't have the internet back then. Uh, But you had to make a phone call to make a reservation. You checked your bags at the curb, Uh, you go inside of the ticket counter. Uh, Those are all interaction points that the customer experiences. Maybe they're just walking to the gate and they see a couple of flight attendants walking by that have the Scandinavian Airlines uniform on. And that, even though it's a minor interaction, it's an opportunity for the airline employees just to do a head nod or a wave. So he looked at all of these interaction points and he said, if we can manage those and make them positive, then we're going to probably get passengers to fly on an airline again. And that's how we turned an airline around that wasn't doing that well to becoming extremely successful by managing the moments of truth. And those are the main interaction points that the customers have with a company. And by the way, they shouldn't be just people to people. In today's digital world, going online might be a major interaction point. How you interact with the website. How easy is it to find your phone number if I need to call you and connect with you if I need to call you? How easy is your checkout process? Every time I have to fill out a field, that is an interaction point. 
uh, the Wall Street Journal, we had somebody, I think I must have written an article about it. Wall Street Journal recognized if, and when somebody was filling out for a digital subscription, if you eliminated one field and that request might be, you know, your first name or it might be, you know, are you a Mr., Ms., Ms., Mrs., whatever, eliminating a tiny little field actually increased the likelihood of somebody completing that form by oh, every, yeah. you know, so all of these interaction points count. And I think that's what you're talking about. Right. And so a lot of those interaction points in a typical journey, depending on what the journey is, may not even be with your brand. Probably the most common touch point we work with is Google. And now Google's never been a client, at least not yet. But mm -hmm. what a lot of people forget in a journey is that much of the journey does not directly involve your company, but has a lot of impact on the journey with your company. Right. So uh, the, I believe somebody coined the, the concept, the zero moment of truth. Yeah, that's big for Google. And it's very much true is that when people come to you, if it's a pre-sales journey, for example, that Google has really led them to places that have formed an expectation that they have as they come to your site or as they talk to your people. Right. So working with Google, and by the way, that's the first big takeaway here, uh, aside from learning what journey mapping is, obviously, is that realize that sometimes the interaction with your company is happening before people even know they want to interact with your company. Definitely. They're just yeah. doing a search for something. Are they, are you, you know, and once they land on, on that opportunity, how you describe yourself, the description, you know, people are confused. They're not going to buy. People don't know what you do. They're not going to buy. It needs to be crystal clear. So here's what we want to do. Um, let's take a short break because I have something that I want to ask you about that's going to take longer than about a minute or two for you to give me an answer. And that is all of the warm-up exercises you do prior to the actual journey mapping exercise. Because in your book, which by the way, again, I love the book, How Hard Is It to Be Your Customer? In the book, there's a lot of what I would call um, uh, advanced thinking or pre-work prior, prior to even starting uh, to plot out the journey of the customer. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, more with Jim Tencher. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jim Tencher about journey mapping. All right, so we have a little bit of homework to do before we actually get into the exercise. And uh, you talk about five questions. Five questions you need to ask and have answered before you can get into this. Let's go there. And uh, I'm excited about this one. Excellent. And so the background quickly is that we did some research a few years ago in the customer experience space. And we found that 65% of journey maps failed to drive action. That blew me away. I mean, my license plate is literally J-R-N-Y-M-A-P. I mean, I'm a geek about this. And I just thought everybody's would be successful. We'd have to determine who is a four versus a five. No, most people were not successful. 
And one of the key reasons is they just did journey mapping without thinking about why are they doing it or what are they trying to drive and leads one of the best practices of starting with that end in mind. What are we trying to do? And as we looked at the survey, as we interviewed a bunch of people been through journey mapping, we developed five questions that are really critical before you even do journey mapping. And the first part is one I find that a lot of people who call us have a hard time answering, which is what's that business problem? What's the reason that you want to do journey mapping? And it takes usually a couple of calls for people to think through this. And we found that there are usually three reasons to do journey mapping. Uh, most common reason is something's broken. You know, maybe you have survey scores that will tell you something's going on. Uh, maybe you have customer feedback from the call center. But there's something broken in your experience that you need to fix. And so um, one of the case studies in the book is the YMCA that um, found that the amount of time you spend visiting your first month was highly predictive of whether you were still a member a year later. And so they need to understand how to solve that problem. Uh, we often look for KPIs that will show you what we need to fix. So that's number one. Uh, number two is that you have an existing initiative, maybe a digital transformation, uh, maybe a merger acquisition, something you need to inform. And these first two tend to lead to fairly narrow maps, narrow journeys, because you're going up to something very specific. Mm -hmm. But the third is typically there's new leadership or something big going on, and you really need to go with that broad end-to-end -end map. And, and, and how, do you, how do you phrase that question? Uh, typically, well, it's, it's, uh, we'll go after really what are you trying, when somebody calls, a big question is what are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to do? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the answer is we want to do a journey map. And uh, you know that that's not a business problem is wanting to do journey map as much as I love that. But going back to what are we trying to accomplish? What is your leadership saying? Uh, we're working with a company right now that had so many different areas they wanted to journey that they actually had us come in and talk to their leadership to determine and interview 13 leaders to say, where are you going? What's your strategy? So we could help the customer experience team know where they needed to build a map. Okay. So number one is uh, you got to identify your business problem. Exactly. What's the business problem or opportunity you're going after? Right. Number two is? What's the right journey? I mean, it leads right from that. Uh, do we want to do a really narrow one? Do we want to go broad end to end? Customer Think did some research at the beginning of this year where they showed that the most effective customer experience programs started with a broad end to end journey map and then came back and did specific sub-journey maps after right. that, after it was learned, which is great if you have the patience to do that. But a lot of people call need to show return on investment right away, and that broad map is really good from a culture-building perspective, great for building personas, great for pointing out where there are problems. But if you look, for example, at health insurance, that end-to-end -end journey is everything from being 26 years old and just getting your first um, – health insurance account, to having a baby, to fighting cancer, to, you know, Medicare. It's so broad that it doesn't lead to ROI. And so sometimes instead it makes more sense to go after a specific problem. And we find in B2B, for example, business to business companies, often the onboarding journey is a critical one. But so based on the business problem, what's the journey? And then question three is who's the customer? Right. Who's the customer? If you're going to go after all customers, you're probably going to end up pretty generic. Uh, we had one company from Madison call us, and um, 
they, they said, we want to map the end-to-end journey of their health insurance, not our client, um, but of our end member, of their employer, of our agent, and our employees. I said, that's a horrible idea, which took them back a little bit. I said, if you do all that, first of all, it's going to be a half million dollars. Or else you're going to be really superficial because to get out there and get a large sample of all those populations and really understand the moments of truth is going to take time and money. And then secondly, if you got all that data, could you actually act against it all? And the best way to destroy a customer relationship is to ask for feedback and do nothing with it. Right, do nothing with it. And, and so who is the customer really is just saying, let's identify this particular customer and going back a question, in this particular journey that particular customer is taking and and you can do your you know depending upon the business you may it's maybe easier than than with others but um you ought to be able to identify your main type of customer maybe yes. there's two or three but usually there's one all right question number four really is then what's the right way of getting the voice of the customer as you do it um we typically if it's a business to business we take our clients out to meet the customers in the field no report will have nearly as much impact as spending time at your customer site, seeing them work with your products or services. Um, other times it makes more sense to do what we call a digital ethnography and follow customers as they go through the journey. Uh, right now we're mapping the life insurance journey and we're following people as they actually go through the journey, as they get forms, as they get phone calls, they're documenting what they do as it happens. Wow. And, Take some time to think about how do we actually get that voice to the customer. And a very common mistake in journey mapping is to think the way to make a journey map is to bring a bunch of your people into a conference room, give it post-it notes, and bam, you have a journey map. Yeah, it takes a little bit more. I mean, I almost, I'm, I'm envisioning undercover boss here. But oh, yeah. yeah. It's the opportunity to go out there and experience it the way the customer experiences it. Exactly, exactly. The kind of thinking that caused your loyalty issues that lead you to do journey mapping does not magically get better when you add post-it notes. You need that voice of the customer right in there. We do a lot of video recording as we do our interviews. So when we come back at the end, we're able to bring that video right into the boardroom and they're hearing directly from the customers. Yep. And that's perfect. And I think that's very powerful as, you know, it's one person, you know, if I'm reporting based on something that's written, my voice inflection, my, my cadence, my uh, emotion may not be heard as it might be uh, coming straight from the customer's mouth. All right, and question number five. The, actually, the most important question is who's on the team? If you want to get people to change their behavior, no report will do that. You need to have them actually part of the process. If the problem is maybe on your, your policies are too confusing, or maybe you have really long forms talked about earlier if the people designing that aren't part of the project you'll never get them to change and so it takes a change management approach you need to get everybody on the team we typically have 20 to 30 people involved in the journey mapping project from throughout the company wow and, and the biggest point i want to make here is that when people are part of creating this you know, when they are truly feeling a part of it, they're not going to argue with what they helped create it's like when you go and you ask people for feedback internal uh, employees I'm talking about, um, and they give you data, they won't argue, argue with you later when you come back with, hey, this is the data you gave me, because they're the ones that gave it to you. So exactly. same kind of thing. Get them on the bus, be a part of it. They'll buy into it so much easier. And plus, you may have a company that has thousands and thousands of people, 
But if they knew that Susan or Bob from your department was your representative, they're going to feel really, really good about it. So you probably can't have every employee, but you can have a broad base of team members, employees, associates, whatever you want to call them, that will give you some good uh, insight to what their experience and feel that they were a part of the whole thing. Exactly. It's change management 101. You have to get them involved. Yep. Yep. All right. Time for another quick break. When we come back, what I want to do is get into the actual journey mapping. And I want you to give us uh, maybe four or five big, strong pointers that we can take action on and use right away. You are listening to Amazing Business Radio. We are talking with Jim Tincher, the co-author of How Hard Is It to Be Your Customer? Don't go away. We're coming right back. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use Service Guru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, Jim. Great book. And by the way, as I look at the book, this the holding the book is a little bit of an experience. And I'm going to tell you why. You know, this is not your average size book. Uh, just to let you know, the book pages are only uh, about 170 some odd pages. But it's it, the book is actually twice the width of a regular book. Okay, so 170 pages of one book, normal size, but then double it because it's twice as wide. There's a lot of information packed in here. It's easy to read. It's, 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 uh, it's a great book. Anyway, uh, let's talk about what's inside that book. And if you can give us a few of your favorite tips from the book that would get us all excited about being able to implement them, but also excited about going out and buying this book. All right. Well, um, really, we look at the overall journey mapping process. One of the first steps, you know, once you've done all that homework we talked about earlier, you can get your people in a room and have them predict what you're going to learn. And we call it hypothesis mapping. And it's what a lot of people think journey mapping is. No, it's one of the first steps. But get people in a room, break them up to different teams representing different parts of the organization, and have them predict what you're going to find. We just did an analysis of our last seven projects. What we found is that when we asked companies to name the three most important moments in your customer's journey, the average company comes up with eight of them. Well, just right there, you know, at least five of them are wrong. But what we find is that everybody thinks they know the journey. Mm-hmm. They actually start documenting. They all know something different. So that's the first thing is that they all will, we came up with an average of 8.3 at most important moments. Wow. Secondly, six and a half of them are wrong. Um, the, they typically missed about two-thirds of the real moments of truth of the journey. They thought they knew what they were. Everybody says, we know what this is. But when we actually talk to the customers, we find that most of the companies are missing two-thirds of the moments of truth. And so it's really important to document what you think the journey is like, because then you can come back afterwards and compare. Mm-hmm. 
Next step then is get your people, we talked about this earlier, get your people out so that they hear firsthand from the customers. Uh, we've had incredible results bringing legal out, bringing HR out, um, people who never talk to customers. In a business-to-business -business company, typically 90% of your employees have never met a customer face-to-face. -face. And yet they have major impact. And, and probably one of the best ways, if you're a larger company, you know, have somebody shadow a salesperson, have somebody sit in on some phone calls for customer support. Um, you know, maybe uh, have a field trip once every six months where everybody is assigned uh, to be with somebody else in a completely different job that they have. So they can experience and walk in somebody else's shoes or get some experience on the front line dealing with customers. Very powerful. Yeah, and it really changes behaviors, really changes opinion to get out there. And while you're talking to customers, record it, preferably video record. Our clients are always nervous about the idea. Their customers never have a problem. More than 90% of the time, we'll get VPs, CEOs, doctors, you name it. They're fine being recorded when they understand it makes their voice have more impact. So record it. Okay, good one. And then most importantly, act. When it comes back here, give your people time to think about it. We typically report on one week and do action planning the next week. So give some time to think about it and then make sure that action happens. Make sure you assign champions so that you're actually able to make things happen. And then follow up with your customers. And afterwards and say, hey, here's what we did with the results. Here's where we're going. That's really critical. And a lot of people forget that step. They get so excited about doing things, they forget to go back to the customer and say, hey, thanks. This is what we did. All right, Jim. So we've been talking about the top line touch points that customers are having with a company and how we're going to, as a company, create a better journey for that customer. Hence, mapping it out, looking at every interaction. You've given us some great ideas on what to think about before we start the process and a few how-tos as we start to implement. So I want to ask, um, there's so many, uh, I call these touch points that are at the top. Behind them are what I call impact points. That's what's happening behind the scenes. And I know we don't have a lot of time to go into this, but just a real short uh, you know, thought. What do you think of mapping the internal experience as well? Oh, it's, it's getting more popular and it's really critical because you, you can't create a great customer experience if you have a terrible employee experience. And so we're seeing a lot more demand for that. And in fact, doing either joint or even doing separately employee journey maps and mm. really going after problems there. We've done, for example, the learner's journey. We've done the onboarding journey. We have how to work with internal teams. And these are really critical as well because you can spend all your time focusing on the customers, but if you don't enable your employees to create a great customer experience, it's going to be a long road. Yep. And you know what else? The internal map will show somebody who has no experience with a customer whatsoever, maybe where they fit into that whole customer journey, where they impact. You know, I often talk about the guy in the warehouse who says, I never see the customer, but if he packs the product the wrong way and it breaks in shipment, whose fault was that, right? He has right. huge impact on the customer. He just needs to understand what that impact is. All right, we are winding down. I always ask a final question, and that is what I call the one thing question. And what's the one thing you want to make sure this audience knows? Maybe it's something uh, brand new that you want to share with us, or maybe it's just a quick little tip or summary based on something that you've already talked about. I would really say, as far as journey mapping goes, if you want to have impact, and that's why we're doing this, 
go after a big problem. Go after something big in your company where you can actually make a difference against it. So often people are focused on the map. The map doesn't matter. It's the map being that matters and go after a big problem. All right, you heard it. That is Jim Tincher, the co-author of How Hard Is It to Be Your Customer? Great insights to journey mapping, to preparing for journey mapping. And I know this is a little bit different um, topic than we typically talk about here. But you know what? It's so important. This is applicable to any type of business, small, big, B2B, B2C, and might I add, even government agencies. Jim, thanks for being on our show. Thanks, Chef. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll have another great interview next week. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.